Welcome to The Real Deal, a commercial real estate investing podcast. I'm your host, Aman Shahi. There's a ton going on in the world right now, and much of it impacts real estate investors. The Real Deal podcast will take a look at what's happening and how it influences you as a real estate investor. Each episode is a 20-minute segment dedicated to distilling the day's most important news, so you can stay up to date on what's going on in the world and how it might affect the commercial real estate market. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Real Deal Show. And today, we are joined by our guest, Yusuf Lee. Uh, Yusuf is an um, apartment investor and syndicator, and at the same time, is a full-time attorney. Welcome, Yusuf. Hey, Austin. Hey, Ahmad. Thank you for having me here. Thanks. All right. Awesome. So, Yusuf, tell, tell me about yourself. Um, how did you get into real estate? How did I get into the real estate? So very briefly, I'm a full-time attorney. A couple of years ago, I started reflecting my lifestyle. And by nature of my job, this is to trade my time for money. And my kids are growing up and they want more attention from me. And I started thinking like, is this, is this it? Or should I push myself to go further in this route or what? And Long story short, the conclusion I made was I need to create some sort of lifestyle where I could have constant and, and consistent and sustainable passive income streams and where I could control my own time and my um, my own, and live the life my own terms, right? So I, I was reading a lot of books and that's when I stumbled upon the book, Robert Kiyosaki's Reach It and Import It. And mm-hmm. that book uh, just completely turned my mindset upside and down. And um, I determined to become, you know what, I got to become business owner and investor. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a little bit of stocks and REITs and here and there, but nothing really thrilled me until I I stumbled upon real estate, more so multifamily. And when I learned about the concept of forced appreciation Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, cash out refi and, and infinite return, I realized this is the vehicle that I want to go in because it would uh, it would allow me to go into both business and also investor, right? So that's how I got into multifamily. I joined multifamily group Jake and Gino and MIH Mastermind. I met my partner through the groups, and I closed my first deal in December 2020. That's how I started. Thank you so much. Um, mm-hmm. So why did you pick real estate? I'm like, sorry, what was the question? Why did you pick real estate? Because you live in New York. You could have mm-hmm. you know, partnered with somebody who's uh, more into stocks or some hedge fund companies. Why did you pick real estate? Um, I wanted something tangible, like instead of putting my money into a paper, like stocks mm. and, and the companies, then I wanted to put this into a something tangible called brick, which is real estate, right? Mm. More uh, and safer and, you know, high demands are their apartment because people needs to place to live. So this is one of the basic human needs. Mm-hmm. And also the reason why I pick more apartments, five plus units is because it is considered to be commercial as opposed to residential uh, real estate. So that you, you as an owner, uh, you can actually have some control over the valuation of the property mm-hmm. where you can push the rents and uh, manage the property well and reduce the expenses down, and that way you can you can actually boost the value of the property as opposed to depending on the markets. So all these things 
came to me as very attractive components of uh, real estate. The word force appreciation. And so for anyone that's less familiar, what do you mean by that? And why is that so important in apartment building investing? Okay, so I, I look at the play when I think about real estate, I look at the play as appreciation play and cash flow play. It's just for me. And um, when we talk about appreciation play, we're actually vetting on the value of the property going up, right? Mm -hmm. So let's yeah. say if demands is higher, uh, obviously the value of the property goes up. Um, so that's residential side. It's, it's, it's decided by Let's say your one family house, the value of your one family house will be decided by how much of next door one family house is valued by other, in the, in the neighborhood. other people in the neighborhood, in the market, right? Yeah. But if, if you own an apartment that's over five units, it is considered to be commercial. So the valuation is prop of the property is, is decided by how much income the property is generating. So in that sense, if you raise a rent, and uh, reduce the expenses, your net operating income grows, and then then operating income. With that, if you uh, divide that net operating income by uh, cap rate in that neighborhood, that's how you value the property of uh, when it comes to commercial side. So apartment over five plus units as a commercial, uh, as an owner, you have more control over the valuation of property as opposed to just betting on the market, mm. simply. So, Simply. so if you if you apply that, you can actually without just waiting for natural appreciation. I mean, natural appreciation will be there too, but you can force depreciation by mm. pushing the NOI up. That's what I mean by force appreciation. So, mm -hmm. owner has a control over raising the value of the property more so than uh, over a residential side of property. So your role is more about like capital raising or operations or management. What, what's your main role in that whole scenario? So I did a little bit of everything, I think. <laughs> so in the acquisition phase, uh, I become the communication channel for the team in between the legal counsels and the lenders and the titles, right? So we have seller's attorney, buyer's attorney, lender's attorney, and sometimes a CC attorney if it's a syndication. And then they want a lot of things from our team. And I become that one communication channel receiving all uh, the orders and then make it easy for my team to just supply everything. And I gather all and, and collect all the documents and the responses and then streamlining them to uh, the other people who requested those and to make it easier, right, for my team. And also do legal due diligence. I review uh, PPMs, if at all, and uh, operating agreements. I form the LLC. So mm -hmm. this is what I do for acquisition phase. And once we close it, and when it comes to SM management, I'm involved SM management calls with the property managers. And then we, you know, plan out the budgetings, execute the business plans. Yeah, as I was saying, I was just making a comment that um, it's really cool that you're able to contribute value to your sponsorship team in multiple ways, because like you said, it is a business, right? So as an investor, you're able to be almost like a business operator on multiple facets of the business and creating value from that. So it's not as simple as 
just buying a house and waiting for the appreciation and collecting rent. There's yes, um, much more and also, I mean, it's, it's my background as being a, a lawyer that kind of helped me because I got the legal training, being able to read a contract and analyze that way. And then, you know, make it easy for them to digest what the legal jargons and, and what it means in the contract, right? And um, how did you juggle yourself being an attorney, which is a you know, very busy job, and being in a real estate that also take a lot of your time? How do you juggle yourself in between that? Uh, I use a lot of uh, to-do lists, like the things, the apps and platforms uh, to-do lists and planners and um, even paper, pen and papers and time blockings, all these different methods where you could, I, I will say, maximize your efficiency in that way. So I'm, I'm obsessed with to-do lists. I have a list of to-do lists and, and sometimes it's a lot and there's more than what you can tackle on a day. So you have to also pick three or four things a day that needs to mm -hmm. be done that day for sure so i do it and also um constantly i check my schedules and make sure and i move around things prioritization and these are the things that i use uh to stay on top of things and still i sometimes miss things but uh mm -hmm. I, I think I, i'm able to push myself that far with these little things apps and <laughs> computers <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's fascinating the fact that for um, people who are having W-2s and wanting to basically, like you said, get out of that um, lifestyle and move to something greater with to build passive income. It's not just about, oh, let me put whatever money that I have into this investment. There, like, there's a lot, a lot of work around that. Right. And what are like for someone who let's uh, for our listeners who wants to get started in real estate investing, especially in apartment building investing, what are some of the steps that like for like the step one and step two that they should take to, you know, get it started? Because it sounds like a very daunting goal, like, hey, I'm investing in apartment buildings, right? So what would you recommend? Uh, uh, our listeners I'll, I'll say um, ENA, education, networking and action, right? So mm -hmm. you got to know uh, that's a cool term. It's the basic terms of real estate. So education, you got to educate yourself. You got to know the terms. You got to know how commercial real estate works, how closing works, how due diligence work, how asset management works in, in theory, right? So education is about in theory. So it will uh, actually get you the basic ideas, right? And then you got to know lots of people. So network is networking is very important because it's not only about what you know, but but also who you know. And sometimes knowing somebody in, in a specific field will get you faster to a point where you want to be. So you got to do a lot of networking. And when, what I mean by action is knowing is one thing, but unless you implement that uh, into an action, nothing's going to happen. And you're going to just continuously learning and learning because I met a lot of people who think, uh, studying or educating on a, a, a specific topic is equivalent to taking an action because they're doing something. They're reading, they're, they're um, flipping the pages. So they think it's an action, but it's really not because there's no execution of plan. So you need to have uh, a plan. You set a goal and plan and then execute upon it and 
and, and for a result, right? I consider that as an action as opposed to just doing something meaninglessly. So learn, meet people, and find out uh, the action plans and, and create an action plans and literally do it. I, I think that's kind of the step that I want to see from somebody who's starting. But many things are not like, oh, there's step one and then step two and three, mm. like ABC. A lot of times it's, it's you got to do it simultaneously. You got to do A and B and C at the same time. So this education and networking and action is, is like that. You got to do it constantly and simultaneously all at once until you hit that momentum. Uh, and, and sometimes it would happen next month or two months down the road. Sometimes it, it, it's not going to happen for a year, yeah. right? But consistently, if you do this and um, just take that process as granted and just keep going and it would happen. And um, did you start as a passive investor first or just jump in a, uh, active in the first role? Uh, I was fortunate. I was able to just jump right into um, active investing. And um, many people like, you know, who are new passive investors and they want to invest, but they don't know you. How do they trust you? And like, what kind of value do you bring on the table that they can trust you? Well, I can't really do that myself. But I can say in confidence that I have a great, I'm a part of a great team. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a team, we can add a value, not only for just simple returns, but also, you know, communication wise, if you have any questions, you can always contact us and we'll be there for you. And then uh, not only that, we just go out and meet our investors and hang out and having meetups and fun. So that's another thing. I think it's investing People invest not just the into the deal, but also into the team. Mm -hmm. So you need to know the team and see their track records. And also, you know, not only that, their personality, you got to get to know. And I consider that as a building a relationship, just mm -hmm. like building the friendship, you are building the relationship with your um, sponsors, investors, or limited partners. Mm -hmm. So you need to spend some time with them. Um, and uh, again, that's that's what I've been doing and what I would continue to do, meeting my investors, just making sure they know me and I know them. And then not only just invest and have fun too together. That is so important. The fact that you're investing in the team and the people, because unlike investing in stock where I'm like, I can just submit an order, don't know anybody about in, inside this company, and then I just invest in that company and expecting the stocks to go up. Whereas this, you're actually investing, you know, in a specific team, looking at their track record, looking at if you can basically like how well you know them and how they have operated in the past. Right. And um, so I guess a follow up question from there is why would uh, investor, you know, take this time to like, hey, let's get to know you and everything and then invest. What's what do you say is the advantage of investing as, uh, some money into a syndication deal versus just putting that money aside to a stock? And so stock versus realist syndication. So again, stock, it's uh, you're not actually investing into a tangible asset. It's a uh, it's paper, right? As yeah. opposed to that real estate, you're investing in in tangible asset. Mm -hmm. You're the partner of that tangible asset. That's why you're getting a K-1 at the end 
as a as a partner, right? Make and you partner, share the yeah. depreciation as well. So why do I like syndication over stock? It's it's because I think it's safer in a sense overall. Real estate is 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 safer overall than the company and stocks. And uh, over the time, it appreciates, but also you can force the appreciation. And with the apartment, you can get the depreciation benefit as well, which can offset your uh, income from this property. Or if you're real estate professional status, you can also offset your active income from other sources. So that's another huge benefit as well. And uh, yeah, I just I just think of. Uh, <laughs> good things of real estate and better so you mentioned about tax benefits and the depreciation so what are the other tax benefits that can be passed to limited partners uh, limited partner will enjoy the depreciation tax benefit as well so mm -hmm. once you have depreciation loss mm -hmm. it will be passed down onto the limited partners as well uh, depends on how much share they have in the deal and um, what are we, what are your primary markets right now? I primarily invest in uh, Kansas City, Kansas and Missouri area, mm -hmm. and also invested a little in uh, Ohio area. How did you pick those markets and why? Um, because of the metrics, like you, you check the population growth mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, household income growth for the last like 10, 20 years and see how the crime rate is, is moving and people are moving. And uh, yeah, so and then and then you need to have somebody in the market. I, I could ask questions and I uh, have my boots on the ground partner in those markets and mm -hmm. constantly talk about the markets and how things are moving because I can only see the numbers from chart and, and data, but they actually mm -hmm. live there and they can talk about how their neighborhood yeah. is changing, the atmosphere is changing, and where wh what part of the area is being gentrified, mm. right? So I also run that uh, by my partners. And there are certain pockets that I could I could go in. It's like I hear a lot good things about Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Kentucky, Alabama, Georgia, and also Texas, a lot of apartment investors, which I consider that more appreciation market than cash flow. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm, I'm, I, I value more cash flow than mm -hmm. appreciation. Of course, appreciation is important as well. But to me, first thing is cash flow. So I was looking for the market where there is, is more cash flowing and still strong uh, with the population growth and the income growth. And uh, yeah, Kansas City, the area came to my radar i think you just mentioned another point about why investing in syndication could be helpful for investors in the sense that if you like you don't have to invest in real estate where you're located where you're geographically located i know yosef you're in new york and i'm in boston neither of us are in a very I'm great real estate somebody, market somebody talk about me too Oh yeah, and you're probably in the worst area of all, right? Tell tell us where you are. Yeah. I'm in LA. Yeah, so, I love LA though. <laughs> yeah, so I think being able yeah. to invest uh, in the areas that you mentioned, such as Ohio or uh, Tennessee, like in those cash flowing markets, you're able to achieve your investing goals without having to find a property management over there and trying to manage all of these. Uh, 
from a long distance perspective, which is active investing and sometimes the headache that that brings will, will likely outweigh the, uh, the benefit uh, from, uh, from just managing everything yourself, right? Well, and are you specifically saying how it's beneficial to be a passive investor as opposed to being an active? Yeah, right. So let's say that I have uh, 100K lying around and I'm like, hmm, do I want, and I'm, let's say that I'm in Boston. Like if I were to invest that in a single, let's say a duplex or a single family house somewhere versus joining to a larger syndication deal, how like um, I was saying that the benefit it seems that w- investing passively um, could bring you like yeah tell us how exactly that would, be better. Yeah. Exactly that would be better yeah no I mean I mean it, it depends on what your goals are right so if your goal is to maintain let's say you have W job let's say you're a professional um, engineer or doctor or lawyer right you have your job and it's time demanding and you're making money. But you know that inflation rate hitting close to ten percent. Oh yeah. You know, if you just put your money into a bank account, it's it's gonna lose the value every year of that much. So you want your money to work for you. Uh but you still need to work like forty to some sixty hours a week. Like how are you going to do that? Passive investor is one being a passive investor is one way because you don't have to worry about managing the asset, you don't have to worry about managing the property managers. You have a, a professional asset management company that manages your assets and just return um, the return on your investment, right? So you can just collect the return. But at one point, if you feel like you want to be involved in an active side, then that's another thing that you could consider. But until then, passive investing will get you the time freedom and a good return on your investment, which, uh, you know, which can hedge the inflation, mm-hmm. right? So it's beneficial that way. And um, who manages your property? Do you have your own property management or you hire a third party? We hire third party property management. For some of the syndication deal I'm in, um, the asset management team is also uh, vertically integrated and they manage the property mm. themselves. Got it. A sharp got line it. team. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right, Yosef, thank you for your time. And um, if somebody has to reach you, how they can reach you? Uh, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be very active on social media. So you could my social media handle is all identical. Yosef Yobrosef, Y O S C F Y O U R B R O S C F. LinkedIn, Facebook, um, you know, Insta. You can reach out to me, DM me, and um, you know, then we can we can talk about Yosef Yobrosef. I love that every single time I have to reach out to you. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Yasser. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time and thanks for your wisdom. Thank you for joining us on The Real Deal, a commercial real estate investing podcast, the show that covers everything to do with multifamily real estate investing to help you become an expert in your real estate ventures. We're here to help you create passive income and financial freedom so that you can achieve what you want whenever you want. We'll catch you next time on The Real Deal.